Welcome to the Solomon's Porch Podcast, the podcast from the worship experience of Solomon's Porch at Valdosta First United Methodist Church. We want you to be encouraged and inspired in your faith journey. So sit back and relax, unless you're driving or using heavy machinery, and enjoy. And last week, uh, I practically screamed at you all um, to tell you to get in the chair. Because the chair represents your relationship with God. Not anyone else's relationship, not whether uh, someone else is doing it really great, and you're like, this chair represents your relationship with God. And, And what you do in this chair, the time you spend in this chair, affects every other relationship, and that's what the couch represents. The couch represents every other relationship in your life. Uh, spouses, children, friends, co-workers, uh, extended family, the, the bag boy at the grocery store. The couch represents every other relationship that you have. And, and just as much as what you do in this chair affects that, what you don't do in this chair, what you fail to do, what you neglect to do in this chair in your time with God will affect these relationships here. Here. And I mentioned last week that um, that a lot of us we 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 let another person we let another relationship become what would should be our time with God. A lot of us have been let down. We have been we have been brought to our knees because we have put someone in a place where when they fail us, we are wondering why, and it's because we should have been putting that hope. In, in our relationship with God. So does that make sense? For, the, for those of y'all that weren't quite here with us last week, you're kind of tracking with us. Chair represents our relationship with God, and the couch represents every other relationship. So the chair is very important, and, and we'll, you'll hear about this um, uh, throughout the series. Today I want us to kind of, like I said, kind of focus in on, on one of the key relationships uh, last week, number one was, was our relationship with God. We're going to keep going back to that. But today I want us to focus in on, on the parent-child relationship. And I know for some people they're like, well, I don't have kids, so this doesn't refer to me. Well, you were a kid. You had parents. Um, you might be a grandparent now. You've already done your raising of your kids, and now you're in the joyous stage of going, I get to be with my grandkids, and they're so much more fun than kids were. You know, So this is still important. Uh, there might be some kids that are really that are really important in your life. Maybe you don't have kids, but there's some kids that are important in your life, and in many ways, you've become like a surrogate parent to them. You you have a parental role. You know, you might be a teacher. You, know, you might be someone that has this this very consistent time with kids. So this is important wherever we find ourselves. Um, people who have parents uh, who weren't perfect. It's good to know about that relationship. Who maybe who aren't together anymore? You know, we think about that. That who've messed up and made mistakes. But this relationship, parent-child, is key. And I want to give you some some reassuring news today. I want to start with this verse because when you talk about parenting, and you talk about children, especially if you've got older kids. I think what kind of starts to come to mind is, oh dang, I really blew it. Oh man, if I could just go back, if I could turn the clock back five years, 10 years, 20 years, I would do things differently. I've learned more as I've got, you know, those thoughts go through my mind. So I want you to hear good, reassuring news today in Isaiah chapter 1, verse 2. 
And I want you to know that God understands that thought. God understands those feelings. He says this, the Lord speaking, The children I raised and cared for have rebelled against me. Is God the perfect parent? We're in church, people. You know the answer. What is it? Yes. God is perfect. You're not. God, perfect father, raised children, Israelites, right, his chosen ones. He cared for them. He brought them out of slavery. He provided for them. He performed miracles for them. God did this amazing stuff for his children, Israel. And what did they do? They rebelled against him. So that's good news for those of you today going, man, I blew it. Because God, who is perfect, is saying, my kid, I did everything right, and my kids rebelled. So, so it's okay. He's not a bad parent. He's the perfect parent. And, and so the implication, I hope, the, the, le- the learning part about that is that you can do everything perfectly as a parent. And children can still rebel. Now, given, given the fact that I think you know, the reason we're talking about this, what makes this a key relationship is that, n- that no human has the, the potential to influence a child more than his or her parent. There is, there is no other person that, that, that God could bring in. Now, someone might come in later on and, and have a real big part, but, but initially, the design is for the parent to have the most influence on that child's life. And so, honestly, when I was preparing for this message and and getting it ready, I was actually surprised that there were so few direct verses relating to parenting. You would think there would be a lot more. Um, Here is one that is uh, direct, and it's in Ephesians chapter 6. I want to read from the message first and then the New Living Translation. This is a very specific verse, and and I think kids are kind of like, yeah, when they hear this. Ephesians 6, 4 says this in the message, Fathers... You could translate that, parents. Don't exasperate your children by coming down hard on them. Seeing a little little elbows. Yeah, dad. Take them by the hand and lead them in the way of the master. The New Living Translation says, uh, that last part says, bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. So it's a very direct verse about, about the role as a parent. The role of the parent is not to be the taskmaster and to not to always come down, but you see this, the, real, the real meat of this verse is in the second part. It says that we are to, as parents, that we are to bring up our kids and, and with discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. See, a lot of us parent the way we were parented. A lot of us, before we had kids, thought, I am never going to do that. And then one day you hear a voice and you're like, well, how is my mom here? Oh, no, that's me. Right? Oh, oh, that was dad that just came out of my mouth. How did I do that? See, a lot of us, we model what our parents did. And this Ephesians 6.4 is saying that we are to uh, bring them up with the discipline and structure that comes from the Lord. And folks, how do we know what comes from the Lord? The chair. See, if, if we want to be parents that are raising up our children with instruction and discipline that comes from the Lord, then we need to know how, what the Lord is teaching. We need to know what he's saying. We need to know how, is, how did he do it. And that comes from time spent in the chair. It comes from time spent in the chair. And see, too many of us are going, well, this is how my mom and dad did it. This is how I'm going to do it. And see, we're just relying on that. We need the chair. Not just the couch. We need the chair. 
We, we are to provide that physical and spiritual needs of our kids and, and bring them up. Now, I want you to hear this. I think this is an important um, uh, key thing for you to hear. The center of the, the parent-child relationship and all the teaching and learning is found here in the chair. The center of it is here. It's not, you don't you know, just make it up on the fly here. I, I've never just parented on the fly. Just kidding. I'm lying to you right now. Some we parent on the fly, you know, some we, we don't know how to prepare. A lot of us, we didn't get the manual at the hospital when, when, when we got the baby. Um, so we, we, but, but we learn the, the manual is here. We spend time in the chair with God here. We know what, how he, how he uh, disciplined, how he spoke, how he loved. And we're going to look at a very, very key verse in a second that tells us about the nature of God. Um, thinking about this chair... That's been on my mind a lot this week. If you're with us on Facebook or anything, you've seen, you know, the kind of, I, I shared with you a picture of the chair that I, that I sit in and, and I, I read the Bible in at home and where I, a lot of times I do a lot of my sermon uh, prep or, you know, cleanup. Um, and, and I shared that with you this week. I wanted you to see the chair that I, I sit in. I know a lot of y'all have that place that, you know, it might be at the kitchen table, you know, it might, but there's, t- there's a place where we spend time with God. And I encourage you this last week, I'll say it again this week, if you don't have a chair, get a chair. Get a chair. Spend time with God in the chair because it will affect every other relationship that you have. I was thinking about um, this rocking chair that, that we, ha- we still have, but it's not in Mallory's room anymore. But it was a chair that Drew's mom, my husband Drew, uh, she gave to us when we were getting the, the nursery ready for Mallory and um, it's a chair that she sat in as she was uh, nursing and, and taking care of Drew as a newborn, and then later his younger brother, Taylor. And so I got the chair and, and uh, sat in the corner of Mallory's room. And I, can, I, can, I will never forget these moments. I remember just sitting in that chair with her as a newborn and spending hours in that chair you know, going in in the middle of the night with a little crying little, little baby and starting to see the sun creep through the, the blinds and, and later on through the blackout curtain, you know, that you put up, you know. And I would have those thoughts in my head of, is this my new existence? You know, will I ever sleep in a bed again? You know, but that chair, um, maybe in the moment sometimes felt overwhelming, but that chair is a very special image for me now. It's a very special chair to me now to spend those many, many hours with my little girl and I would sing to her and I would talk to her and I would pray for her out loud and I would just stare at her look at that beautiful face and that chair is, is very important and that, that image reminded me of this truth that when our kids are little if, if you've got littles and I know some of you don't if you've got grandkids think about this too but when your kids are little, I encourage you to do something. I encourage you to occasionally invite them into your chair with you. Not all the time, because you need the chair. The chair is about you, right? It's about you and God. But every now and then, invite that little baby, that little kid, into the chair with you. Let your child hear you pray to God. Let your child see you studying Scripture. Let, let your child see you with your head bowed. 
Let them see that. Let them see that. Because they're going to grow. I know it's crazy. It happens. And one day, prayerfully, with your um, example, they're going to get in a chair. See, a lot of us model just what we learn on the couch from our parents. But won't it be great to pass on to your children what they learned in the chair with you? So let them see that. Let them be a part of that occasionally. Let them know that. Um, There's a couple of things I want to share with you, just some thoughts I think there's, there's two things that I was thinking about that as parents, that on this couch, as parents that we can, we can do with our kids, we can show our kids, uh, I think it's pretty obvious. One is we need to teach them about God. Or, you know, we're in church. Wow, I can't believe she said that. Um, but you are your child's primary spiritual leader. If Amy Smith, our children's director, were in here right now instead of over in the rock, she would be saying amen. If Emily Powell, our middle school director, was in here right now instead of over there teaching Sunday school and middle school, she'd be saying amen. Justin Crenshaw's in here, our student ministry, so I'm going to say it again. Parents, you are your primary spiritual leader to your kid. Amen. amen. <laughs> That's okay. It's all right. You'll get there. See... As a pastor, did you know that my role is not to be your primary spiritual leader? Wow. See, as adults, it's your responsibility. I'm to walk alongside of you. I'm to encourage you. One of my key jobs is to help equip you to do the work. So as parents, you are the primary spiritual leader. So we need to teach our kids about God. And, and I'm going to say this, and, and, and I think I've, I'm not a super Pinterest mom. I mean, I've seen it, and I've got an account on there, and it's usually about something to do with woodworking and pallets or something. But I'm just going to say this, and, and I don't mean to be picking on anybody. It'll probably affect a lot more people to love than it will you guys. As parents, a lot of us refer to Pinterest about parenting more than we do about to the scriptures. There's a lot of parents who have have logged in more time in Pinterest about parenting than they have in, in the Bible. There's a lot of parents who have spent more time reading blogs about parenting than they have about asking God, seeking God, spending time in the chair with God going, how can I do this? God, what do I do about this? God, what did you do when Israel did that? We need to teach our kids about God, and one of the ways we teach them is by letting him be our source, letting him be the one that, that, that directs us and leads us, that he's our source. I read this, uh, and I don't want to give the wrong, um, I believe, uh, I follow a, a, a guy that does a lot of leadership stuff, Kerry Newhoff, and, and I'm pretty sure he said this. I, I failed to cite it when I wrote it down. Um, But he said this, your role is not to impress your children or anyone else with your ability to parent. See, that's where Pinterest and, you know, reading blogs on on how to make, you know, juice boxes look like robots and take them to preschool. That's where that happens. Your role is not to impress your children 
or the parents of other children, or you know, with your ability to parent, your role is to impress your children with the love and nature of God. And that starts in the chair with you. Then it carries over into that relationship here with your child on the couch. That's our role. We spend time in that chair with God. Here's this verse that I I said I wanted us to to key in on for a minute because it shows the nature of God as a parent. And um, so I encourage you, parents, grandparents, aunts, uncles, remember this verse, Exodus chapter 34, verse 6. Exodus 34, 6. Say Exodus 34, 6. Okay. It might maybe just get in there. This is what it says. The Lord, this is actually God describing himself, which is... The Lord, the God of compassion and mercy, I am slow to anger and filled with unfailing love and faithfulness. That's the nature of God he's describing to his people. That's his nature. Ooh, as parents, couldn't we... Wouldn't wouldn't this be a good one to put in your back pocket? Ooh... He is merciful, he is gracious, he is slow to anger, he's filled with unfailing love and faithfulness. Oh my goodness, that is the God that we show our kids in word and deed, in every relationship we have. And when we can start to take on that nature, that parental nature that God has, whoo, won't it change our relationships with our kids and other people too? I mean, think about uh, when we treat our kids with mercy and graciousness and, and compassion. Now, God was a God of discipline, too. Let's not forget that. But he did it with great compassion. And when we do that, when we, when we take on that nature of God, and we, we learn that in the chair, then when we are on the couch in our relationship with our kids, we can start to reveal God to them. I mean, I can't tell you, at least once a week, I ask Mallory for forgiveness. And it's usually because I wasn't patient and or I raised my voice. And I, I tell her, I say, you know, Mallory, would you, would you please forgive me? I, I shouldn't have reacted that way. I, should. I want Mallory to learn about seeking forgiveness. I want Mallory to learn about offering forgiveness. When we pray at night together, I, I almost always, I mean, almost always, when we pray for our family, I, I, I want Mallory to hear me pray, Lord, please help me be a better mommy. I don't feel like I'm a bad mom, but I want to be better. I want her to hear me pray that prayer. I want her to know that I want to learn how to walk more in compassion and, 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 and graciousness and, and to be filled with, with mercy. I, I want her to understand that I want that. I want to share that with her. See, and when God, we can watch him, we can you know, go into the Old Testament. If you want to learn how to be a, a parent of, of unruly children, just read, read Exodus. Man. The people were whining and crying and disobeying and then saying, oh, we love you, God. And then they'd start whining and crying and disobeying. And, and what we see over and over, like, and, and anyone else have kids that whine or cry or disobey, you know, 
get tired. When are we going to get there? Are we almost there yet? I mean, and God treats his children with grace and with mercy and with compassion and with his unfailing love. Here's a thought for you. What view of God are your words and your actions forming in the mind of your child right now? Currently, what, what are your words and actions saying to your kids, to your grandkids? What, what are they saying? What is it? I shared an article, for those of you that are, that are on Facebook, I shared an article this week about two important words that we could, the, most, two, the two most important words, and that, you know, every other article says the, these are the most important words, but this article said the two most important words you could say to your kids are these, watch me. Watch me. You know the old saying, do as I say, not as I do? I mean, that's garbage. That's horrible. Watch me. Watch me. I mean, and God, who, who was consistently, had this unfailing love and, and graciousness and compassion towards his children. Watch me. Watch me. And watch me says to our kids that, 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 that you plan to line up your words and your actions, and when you don't, you'll own it. Watch me says, I am going, the things I say that I know to be true about God and, and, and who he is, I'm, I'm going to live those out. Because I'll tell you something, folks, if, you're, if we're not spending time in this chair and we try and sit on this couch with our kids and go, let me tell you about Jesus. Kids can see through that in a heartbeat. Watch me. Watch me, watch me, watch me. You know, I think one of the main reasons so many people leave the church, young people leave the church, or, is because they, they see the hypocrisy often. And, and none of us are perfect. None of us are perfect, but, but consistent hypocrisy on our part with our kids, it's, it's damaging. So we've got to spend time in the chair and then when we spend time with our kids, they'll, they'll know that we've been in that chair. Doesn't mean we're perfect. Spending time in the chair doesn't guarantee perfection by any stretch. But oh, it changes us, doesn't it? And our kids will see it. You know, I, I think, uh, I want to say this, a, a word to, to parents of older kids that might think, oh, well, I really, dang, I wish I'd done that sooner, you know. Oh, if I'd only done it earlier. I, I, I think this. Please don't ever think it's too late for you to tell your kids about what you're learning in the chair. Okay, so maybe they're too big for them to sit up in your lap now. But don't ever think it's too late for you to, after spending time in the chair, you call them up or have lunch with them or whatever. Say, so you know what I was reading the other day? I was reading in the scriptures and I... You know, I'd never understood that before. Wow, I'm learning this. Don't ever think it's too late with your, with your grown kids to share with them what you are experiencing in the chair. Because I don't think it's ever too late to parent your kids. Ever. Now, it might change in the way you, the way you communicate with one another and all those things. I know that all shifts and changes. But it's never too late as a parent for you to share with your child what you are experiencing in the chair. And they might go, hey, man, there was like 20, 30 years of hypocrisy. But you can say, you know what, this is what I'm hearing now. 
And man, I'm sorry I didn't tell you about this sooner. I'm sorry I didn't share that with you when you were younger. Would you forgive me? I so wish I could go back, but, but I can't, so I'm just going to ask for your forgiveness. And I'm just going to share with you what I'm learning now. It's not too late. So we talk to our kids about God. And the other thing is this. The, the other thing I think we can learn is, is for us to teach our kids, and, and this comes by the watch me, by the modeling, is to teach our kids that they're going to get in a chair. Let them know about their chair. Let, let, and, and show them what it's going to be like for them. For them to be able to get in that chair and for them to talk with God. Our kids need to see us modeling that, that God hears our prayers, that God is concerned for us, that, that God is compassionate and, and, and full of faithfulness towards us. Um, this past week, I was like, okay, I was trying to think of, of, of my Mallory. She's five and a half in our relationship, and, you know, what does she know? What does she think about God? And, and um, she says some amazing things. The other day we were driving down the road and she was looking out the, the car window and it was when the moon was starting to get full. I never know the waxing and waning, but anyway, it was getting big. And um, she says, are aliens real? And I said, I don't think so, but what I know for sure from the Bible is that God created people to live here on earth. So you don't think there's people on the moon? I, I don't know. I know there's no people on the moon. But, I, uh, you know, I don't know sometimes the very best answer. I know what's going on on earth. Are giants real? Well, there's really tall people. There were some really tall people if you're reading the Bible. There are some really tall people. Yeah. She asks these kinds of questions. Of course, I didn't catch those on... On, a, on video, but, but we did a little interview with, with my Mallory this week, so let's see what she's... Dumpy and Nanny J are her grandparents, by the way. So, um, you know, I, and I, was, I, I didn't prompt her. I didn't tell her. I said, Mallory, we're going to interview you after school on Wednesday. And I was thinking we're going to get these great spiritual insights from my daughter. And she was like, five, yes, cat, 
So, you know, the camera does that to you. I don't know if you notice, she's got a little, little uh, mole right there by her, a beauty mark. And um, say, Mallory, how, how, how'd you get that? Well, when I was born, I was so beautiful. God reached down and touched me. You know, we'll probably end up having it removed one day or something. But for now, <laughs> for now, this is what she thinks. Folks, our time in the chair, it makes such a difference in our relationships with our kids. And maybe you haven't been in the chair. I know last week, man, I have heard from so many people after last week's message who've been thinking about the chair, who are going, man, I need to dust off the chair. I need to find a chair. I'm in the chair, and I need to be in it more. I mean, but this is key. This is key in our relationships with our kids. As, as kids with parents, you know, sometimes it gets kind of swapped. Sometimes kids feel like they're their parents, especially as they get older and need more help. You know, we can model to our parents. Maybe, maybe we were just royal brats when we were kids. And now God is giving us an opportunity to, to pour into our parents in a way we, we're like, I don't, is there a manual on this one? I don't know how to do this. But your time in the chair will affect the way that you deal with your, with your parents. It's key. So if you've, if you've got a relationship goal yet for 2017, or if you, if you don't have one yet, I'll just say it again. Get in the chair. See how God's done it, what he says about it, what he's teaching you, what he's saying to your heart, what he's asking you to let go of, to stop doing, what to start doing, what to, what to give a little more into and, and start doing it more. Get in the chair. So that when you spend time with your kids on the couch, with your parents, with your grown kids, with your little ones, with your grandbabies, they will know that you have been with God. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you for what you continue to, to show me. I, I pray that you have, that you're speaking to your people, that you're showing them what, what you would like them to, to start to step into. God, conviction often doesn't feel good. But if it's from you, it's because you want us to learn something. You want us to, to start doing something. You, you want us to, to take a step. And Lord, I just pray that that continue to be our heart about our relationship in the chair. Father, we, uh, we need the grace and love of, of your son, Jesus Christ. And I ask that that continue to, to be our desire, to seek that, to ask for that from you. And we pray all this in the wonderful name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Solomon's Porch Podcast. We hope you heard some good practical news in this episode that you can apply to your life. If you'd like, we'd love for you to review our podcast on iTunes and share it with your friends. You can also support our ministry by going to theporchvaldosta.com slash give. Until next time, stay classy, listening friends.